This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. Well, welcome back to season two of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart, and I'm so excited you're here today for another great conversation. Welcome to our tribe. Of course, the Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. And if you lead, but you're not in charge, then Leading Second is for you. If you serve your pastor's vision and your church's vision, I guess, welcome home. Welcome to a group of people who want to get it right in the second chair in our local churches. So, so glad you're joining us today for a great episode. Um, before we get into uh, what we're going to talk about today, a little bit of housekeeping, uh, a couple of exciting announcements coming up in the life of Leading Second. First of all, excited to invite you to join us at Team Church One Day coming up in Houston and in Vancouver, British Columbia this coming spring. Of course, Leading Second is a part of the greater Team Church tribe. And Team Church One Day are some of our greatest, most exciting events we do all year long. They're a one-day conference-style regional event. And Leading Second has a session and a role at all of our Team Church events uh, we'd love if you join us in Houston or Vancouver. You can head to teamchurchconference.com to get you and your team registered. We would love to see you there, meet you, and um, have you join us for our event. Also, in the life of Leading Second, we're so excited right now about online meetups. We started this a couple months ago with great success. Every single month, we host online meetups uh, for different people groups and different topics uh, just to meet other Leading Second tribe members. So. If you'd like more information on that, head to the Leading Second Instagram or leadingsecond.com slash events. And we'd love to have you on an online meetup. It's all free. It's easy to join and come hang out with us, meet someone new, and maybe learn a little bit too at an online meetup. Also, before we get into our episode today, we had another great question come in from a listener of the Leading Second podcast we wanted to tackle. Always love getting great questions. So let's check out what's on the mind of another one of the Leading Second tribe. How do I influence others with the why behind Leading Second? How do I influence others with the why behind Leading Second? Um, I've been getting this one more because I know more and more of you, this message is resonating and uh, want to share it. So uh, let me unpack a couple thoughts here. First of all, Leading second is not a position. It is truly a revelation. In other words, leading second is not determined by proximity to the pastor, but rather it is a spirit that anyone in your church can carry. Uh, This is the spirit of wanting to get it right in the second chair as we steward someone else's vision, as we lead on someone else's behalf. I, I guess one point of the why behind leading second is first of all, that most of us will spend our lives leading from the middle. That is true in church, business, uh, most contexts of life. Most of us will not spend our lives as presidents, CEOs, owners of the company. Uh, Most of us will spend our lives leading from the middle. And John Maxwell would say 99% of all leadership comes from the middle. So I think we can agree the stats are overwhelming. We have to get this right. If this is where we will spend 
uh, the vast majority of our lives. I also thought of this too today, um, that when we get it right in the second chair, when there's true alignment and unity and um, an all-in spirit in the team, we stand out as uncommon because that's not true of most places in culture and in the world. And it's sadly not even true in every church. In John chapter 13, uh, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said this, So I give you a new commandment, love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. So when we get this right, we actually stand out as uncommon. It's actually a form of evangelism and testifying to Jesus that that um, we are truly his disciples, that, that, that Christ has done something in our lives. It, it's tragic to me that the church sometimes just has the same results that the world does. We have the power of the gospel and the wind of the Holy Spirit uh, in us, uh, it should cause us to live different and be different and be uncommon. And so to me, the other why is just simply that the gospel should be at work in our lives. And the fruit of the gospel is loving people the way Jesus loved them, which was sacrificially, which was servant hearted, which was selfless. And, and, and it's truly a mark that Christ is doing a work on the inside of you. So I pray that's helped. Um, a little bit as you attempt to share the message of leading second, just always remember this. I heard Andy Stanley say this, when someone feels understood by you, they are 80% of the way to following you. Let me say that again. When someone feels understood by you, they are 80% of the way to following you. If you ever want to influence someone with a message, here's what I would encourage you to do. Sit down with them and have a chat. Ask them, how are things going for you? How is ministry going for you? How is life going for you? And listen, take it all in. People are generally not receptive to a new message until they feel heard and understood. If you have a question you'd like to hear us answer on the podcast, or if you want to share your I Am Leading Second story, I would encourage you to head to leadingsecond.com, reach out to us, Ask your questions, share your story. We'd love to feature you and have you on an upcoming episode of the podcast. All right, without further ado today, I am so excited and honored to welcome to the podcast Colleen Tunis from Elevation Church. Uh, Colleen uh, was with us at Team Church Conference in August as a part of the Elevation team, and I absolutely loved meeting Colleen. She is fun, she is witty but she's so deep in her understanding of ministry and creativity and collaboration. Uh, I could have talked with her for a really, really long, long time. Uh, Colleen is the online creative director and she works with a very large team in a very fast moving part of a very creative church. So she's got a lot to say uh, today for our conversation. And, um, I just thought I would talk with her about leading creatives and what that looks like for her. I believe it'll help you if you are a creative, if you work for creatives, if you lead creatives, uh, this episode is for you. I believe it's going to help you. So without further ado today, here is my conversation at Team Church Conference with Colleen Tunis. 
Well, Colleen, uh, welcome to the Leaning Second Podcast. Thanks for having me. So glad you're uh, here today. Glad we get to sit down and have a bit of a conversation. Me too. Uh, love your team. Love your house. Love your pastor. Uh, I mean, your, your pastor and, and the greater team have meant so much to my life, so much to my home church. Oh, so that's awesome. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you for what you do. It means means a lot to us. Excited to have this conversation today. Also, I am joined by the man, the myth, the the one behind the leading second brand himself, Trey's Garner. Hello. From Yellow Box Creative. <laughs> Trimble. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, you. Trey's is affectionately known in our world as Brand Mom. Say it again. It's really brand out there. Mom. Uh, as that is my self-imposed nickname on you that's actually stuck. And um, I, I, all seriousness, I we love Yellow Box Creative. You guys have been on our podcast before. Right, yeah. And um, we, we, you guys have added so much to our world, to Team Church, uh, to a lot of church launches everywhere. So thank you for what you guys are doing. I, you have our highest, highest recommendation. So help me pull the gold out of Colleen today. Yeah. <laughs> because right. there, there it's is. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work. All right, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> and we're also joined uh, in a live setting today, so we have a little bit of a live audience. Maybe you guys can give a little bit of a cheer or noise or something. Just just a random morning sitting around in our living room with a live audience, you know? It's great. There's thousands of them. <laughs> you couldn't hear just it. Trust us. There's, there's thousands. So, um, Colleen, you're part of a great team yes. at Elevation Church. Um, what do you love most about being a part of your team? Man, there's so many things. I think our team... Their ability to work hard but still have fun in the process, I think, is unmatched. And I just, I've never not wanted to come to work a day that I've worked at Elevation. Very high compliment. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's not normal. Right, right. Uh, so tell us a bit, little bit about what you do on the team. And yep. it's it's changed even as of recently. And maybe yeah. by the time this airs, it'll change again. Who knows? I, ho but, I um, hope not. But okay, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so I've been on the team for nine and a half years now. But I started as a graphic designer. And maybe like five or six years in, I started to be more of an art director role for one of our creative teams. And then as of two months ago, I became the online creative director. And so that's kind of been my path. And so online creative director means uh, we broadcast everything that we do on a weekend and honestly most of our large events and so I get to oversee programming that means videos art design uh, right. just content overall of what we're putting out to our online audience and so it's a lot more variety than just doing graphic design but it is it's been a really cool season for me to kind of just step out in this and I feel like it was what was supposed to be next that's cool yeah. and and for context and we talked about this in our lab that we did at team church conference um your your creative team operates kind of an in-house yes. mm, creative it, agency. Yep. That's kind of how you described it. That's right. And so like our different ministries would be called partners or clients. And so if we are, our kids ministry would be a partner or our youth ministry would be a partner. So if they have anything that they want, they put in a project request and then our teams, you know, move on from there and make it for them. So you got a good sized team, a lot going on in, a lot. in that side of your world. Yes, <laughs> a ton. We have about, we have almost over 50 people on our creative team now, which is crazy because when I started, there were five. Insane. And so, yeah, I had no idea. Like when I came on the team, I was like, this is cool. It's like a little creative group. And then yeah. I was like, wow, God really blew this thing up. And so that's, been that's cool. so good. So today I figured we would actually just go straight up the creatives lane and, and just talk about, about leading creatives and, and yeah. just kind of wanted to pull that, um, that gold out of you. I think my, our first question for you today was, um, what are you personally interested in? Like what, what do you love to do when it comes to being a creative? Yeah. yeah. What do you love to do most? So 
I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Enneagram. I'm a seven. Oh, uh, so you're like, an Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram like capital, yeah. just so you know. Oh, good. So you guys yeah, are all familiar. Uh, so honestly, like shared experience and fun is like probably one of my biggest motivators in even like my personal life and then also what I'm bringing to Elevation and what I try to bring to online. And so um, whether that's like getting people together to do something or coming up with uh, something that we did like pretzel day for our staff where like from the office where we after a staff meeting we just had like pretzels in the lobby and put the office episode on loop out there and yes. just surprised everyone oh, and made amazing. it like intentionally like a really long line that you had to wait like an hour in to get your pretzel. Oh, yeah. We like did it exactly like that but like that kind of stuff fuels me and um, I mean, I love that. You just made this podcast so worth it for everyone. <laughs> <It's interesting. laughs> yeah, that, for everyone sure. just took away pretzel day. That's, yeah. all I, that's probably all I need to say. It's been great. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> did you have a Stanley, an angry Stanley? I didn't have, we did not have an angry Stanley. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Didn't really, couldn't figure out how to make that work. <laughs> right. Um, there are, there are a lot of fluid, there's a lot of fluidity that has to happen in the creative field, yeah. whether you work in an agency or in-house or mm -hmm. on staff at a team or volunteering right. on a team. Uh, and then there's a lot of fluidity that happens in a church. There's like these two worlds that are together. Yeah. Uh, how do you, what do you feel like you have, what do you feel like you have any control over? What do you feel like Man. you have any, do you Gosh. have your ropes tied down on anything? Cause I feel like there's a lot of, I wish I could say yes, but I feel like every time I feel like that something switches. Yeah. And so, yeah, even, um, with our online programming, we had like a pretty good structure set. So we do like a 10 minute pre-experience and we're like, okay. And then we throw to the experience and we're good. And we have these systems in place. And then literally three weeks ago, they're like, we're going to start doing these five minute countdowns where we start with some elevation rhythm youth songs. And we're like, we just had this figured out. Okay. And now we're going to pivot. And so I don't, I don't think I do, but I think that's good because I, yeah. I think if it was predictable, I wouldn't enjoy it. Mm. And so I hold on to things loosely, just knowing that they might change. But I think that's like one of the best skills that you can have as a creative creative is just to be adaptable. That's huge. Yeah. Speaking of that, how, you know, when, when you step out to do something, um, especially in the creative space, you're going to get feedback. You, yes. you're, you're, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, I'm sure your pastor n never has an opinion about never. anything. Let's um, everything slide. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, talk to us for a minute about creating a space that values creativity and risk taking mm -hmm. and also can handle feedback. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, 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 especially the, the, a no. Yes, especially yeah. a no and, and, the, and the, the tough pushback and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, I think you have to go at it with the thought that creativity serves mission. So if you have the right mindset going into whatever you're creating and you can separate yourself and your self-worth from the project that you're working on and see the bigger picture, I think that sets you up for success. It doesn't make the no any easier, mm -hmm. but I think if you can almost like pre-decide like, hey, I did my best on this. If it's if there's a no, that's okay. We're going to figure out how to make it work. Um, but pre-deciding has been like one of the biggest, I think, tools that I've been able to use where I'm like thinking through what's the worst case scenario here. Okay, no, great. How can I figure out like, cause even if you play it all the way out to worst case scenario, it's never as bad as you think it is. That's, right. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Did I answer that? I feel like there was something I didn't maybe, answer, but maybe too well, <laughs> too well. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I think I actually heard that taught on recently that, that part of preparing for something is preparing for the worst, which I yeah. know is right. definitely not what some personality types want to hear. Right. We, we don't want to hear about what thinking about what could go wrong and actually plans. But then if you prepare for the no, when the no happens, it doesn't hurt. Right. It, it doesn't sting because no. you, you already prepared. You already yeah. went there in your mind. And right. I think too, just the ability to not make it personal. Yeah. Just because someone said no on the design, they didn't say no about you. Right. right. 
That's, I think that's key. Yeah, that relationship of like the identity of like you are the project or you're just working on the project. Right, like what right. is that kind of relationship there? It's tough. Yeah, it's real tough. <laughs> yeah. How do you uh, how do you keep um, how do you keep your whole team, the online team, like mm-hmm. motivated and moving um, when deadlines are never ending, especially in the church world? I started yeah. out in agency, so uh, there was not a massive event every Sunday, right. although there were big deadlines. So, like, how do you kind of yeah. keep that that going? I think you have to show them the why as to what they're creating. And so one of like the biggest things I think that I can do as a leader for them is it's so easy as creatives to kind of get, you kind of, you don't always get to be in the, in the forefront and getting to see people's lives change and getting to see the way that God's moving. And so what we like to do is like, if we make a video piece and then mm-hmm. someone sends in feedback, we're like, Hey, guess what? When we showed this, this person accepted Christ or this person got connected and felt God oh, in a whole nice. new way. And so okay. if you can put the why in front of them, that is like one of the biggest motivators. It just reminds them why we do what we do. Mm. And so then when you have those really hard weeks or those really long weeks, you're like, there's a purpose for what we're doing. And then on the flip side of that, like making sure that they know, like it's like seasonal, like there's some weeks where you, you grind really hard and Mm. it's going to feel exhausting. But on the other side of that, that next week is going to feel like way more low key. Yeah. It's pretzel day the next week. (laughs) So so, pretzel day. There it is again. Bring it back. We have a full circle on that. that. But I think knowing your seasons, knowing your rhythms and, uh, just mentally preparing them. We did a, we had uh, our youth which is like a week-long summer camp into our eFamily reunion where we brought 300 people into uh, Charlotte just to hang out with us for the weekend. So it was like a 10-day stretch of literally like nonstop, like no one had a day off. And so like about a month before we started that, I was like, hey, this is going to be a hard week. Wow. And so I was like, here's what's going to do. We're going to work hard. We're going to get through it. I'm going to give you guys two days off at the end of that. And so like mentally, they were like, I know what I'm getting There's into. There's a finish line. There's a finish line. Yeah. yeah. Constantly reminding people. I, I was at a conference recently uh, about a month ago. And one of the things that was really interesting is like as a pastor, I see myself as a as a chief reminding officer. I'm yeah, constantly reminding wow. my team, this is where we're going. Right. This is what we're doing. Yeah. This is what the end looks like. Yeah. And it's all about this encouragement yeah. and ke- keeping the, the circle of the tribe together, which is in- important. You're preaching this morning. You are. Yikes. Someone came prepared. So funny story. We, Trays and Yellow Box, came to go to our team church road events. So our one days on the road and stuff. And we showed up at one recently and his name tag was on oh, wow. his seat as Pastor Trays. And, uh, so that was the day Trays got ordained. Congratulations. I sent a photo to my wife and she was literally just crying and laughing because <laughs> so, she knows me. She's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> but but I, I feel like Pastor Trays showed up this morning. So yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. I had to be you prepared. Have the anointing. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm fascinated by, by this part of creative space and so I'm going to throw this to Colleen but really both of you um, how do you overcome looking at a blank space when you're when so you're that 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 moment where you're stepping out to create the logo create the project Mm -hmm. do the and the screen is white or you know the the so much to be formed how do you overcome that space First of all, I think that's like the scariest place for creatives. Absolutely. The blank slate is, I don't think there's anything more terrifying. And and for context, I mean, you don't have to be a graphic designer to encounter that space. I mean, I I probably, even though I'm like a closet, wish I was like as cool as you guys, graphic designer, (laughs) but like I I create probably more by content and writing. Yeah. Yeah. But you still, you're still looking at a blank document. So it's the same, it's the same space when you sit down to work. Right. Right. 
I think for, so for me personally, I, so I get to work on our church's annual report every year. And that's something that I've done for the last eight years. I don't know if I'll still be doing that in this new role, but, um, that is always one of like the biggest projects I have. And I'm like, every year it's like charts and graphs. I'm like, how I make this cool. And every year I want to do something that's better than the year before. And, um, I spend a lot of like prep time researching like inspiration and and facts and and just different ways that other people are doing things um but even that there's like a you don't want to you don't want to rip people off like you want to be a creator not an imitator and i don't want to just like pull in exactly what other people did but what i do is i typically lock myself in this room and i basically like print off everything i like whether it's color palettes or the way a chart looks and i just whoops hit the mic (laughs) just put it all around me and so before i start i'm like looking at this like almost like mural or a mood board of mm. just like these are all the things and that that helps me visualize where I want to go right I think like the, a really big key from that is seeing it all in one space yeah so you're not like swiping through like saved collections yes. on Instagram but like you're seeing because when you do that you also see the correlation right. like whenever you see stuff that you were inspired by you're like right. oh there's kind of a tie here that, that could be kind of interesting yeah. um I, I think there's also something really special about a, a blank space because it feels uh, difficult, but how like th- what's important there are the barriers. Barriers kind of create sometimes a lot of inspiration there when you realize what the sandbox is that you can actually play in. Yeah, uh, you're a little bit more inspired, and uh, and it kind of helps lead you. I feel like lead you there. Right. Um, yeah. So then maybe follow up question to that: How do you? How do you pull that same thing out of others? So that's great. You got yourself in a room. Yeah. You got your palettes. Yeah. You got your <laughs> yeah. All the all the things are on the wall. Or you right. know. But but now you got to pull that out of someone else. You right. have to lead them. Yeah. Uh, to that space. So for anyone listening who's leading a creative team or or some aspect of, yeah. of that, how do you pull that out of other people? So I think some people are better than others. Like there's some team members who I can be like, do this and they like run with it and they're yeah. great. And there are other ones that are like, I need some direction or some guidance. And so. And not to oversimplify, but I think for me, mood boards are like one of the most helpful so ways key. to get started and not just to settle on the first idea, but like do five or six mood boards and then yeah. feel, find what's sticky, find what excites you and then head in that direction. Because yeah. if you're not passionate about a direction, it's not, you won't see that in the work. But I think sometimes you have to do that prep work to figure out where you want to go. Still soaking that in. <laughs> yeah, I... No, that's I, th- I think that that's really great. I also there's always this this moment that I end up having to do with it, my team members that I have to remind them that it's OK. <laughs> I feel like every single time there's we're starting a project and they feel like stuck or locked down. They're like, I just don't know where to start with this. I always have to like remind them by saying like, oh, this is totally normal. Like right. burnout is yes. a thing like you don't need to feel guilty or bad or un- uncreative or worthless right. because of that. It's kind of like, OK, no, this is a thing. Let's get your head on straight. Like, what do you and I love the what are you interested in? Because that's the first question I always ask. I'm like, what just happened? What's interested? Like, Big Sean just dropped a new song. I'm like, okay, let's listen to it. What's got like, what else is it? You know, like, okay, like, let's start somewhere else. I think that that's always like a big help to get something moving because, I mean, just being stagnant is going to be, it's probably the worst place to be. So, kind of connecting them somewhere else. Both of you end up in moments where you have to pitch ideas. So you have to, you know, whether that's to your pastor or to a client or an in-house, you know, department. Colleen, like you mentioned, I mean, you're. You're gonna. I'll never forget 
the day you sat down and pitched our brand to us. I loved that day. That was like one of my favorite days ever. Like seven people just sitting there staring at me. I, it's always <laughs> been my dream to like be in like the Devil Wears Prada, you know, where like like, that, like the, 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 the purse of her lips, you know, and like, like, like the whole team just, just scraps it, you know. Like, oh, so you're Meryl. All the go home. I was trying to tell them all. <laughs> so it was like my dream day, just so you know. Um, but anyways, the... Um, you both end up in environments where you have to pitch. You, you have to. So talk to me just for a minute about how you prepare mm -hmm. for the moment where, you, okay, I'm gonna, I gotta bring this big idea. I have put blood, sweat, and tears into it. How do you, how do you prepare for that moment? And um, how do you make the best use of that moment when you have an audience sitting there who can make decisions and help move right. projects forward and that sort of thing? Right. Yeah. I, that process starts uh, when the project starts, like several weeks before that. You're kind of preparing on how you're going to articulate what you say, uh, how you're going to identify. It's always really great to say whenever you're pitching and when you're you're saying things back to them that the client said to you. Yeah, that's so good. you're like remembering how they talked about how they wanted the project or how they wanted the event to go off. And so when you present, you're you're showing them what you're what you've built and what your team's worked on, but you're also repeating back to them why what you've done is about to check all of those boxes that they were worried about like yeah. 900 people are about to be saved 600 people are going to get baptized like you know what I'm right. saying so like good. there's just so gonna, you really like check all those boxes for them i think that that's i think that that's really uh, i think that's huge i actually one of the things that i don't normally run through the presentation uh, which is a weird one. That's what I mean. Like for me, preparation happens in those weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, I help build the presentation, but running through it, I feel like just personally, I do, I think better just right off the cuff kind of seeing. I mean, I've obviously seen the presentation, but right. it helps a little bit with um, there's something really uh, nice of when you, for lack of a better word, sell something mm -hmm. when it's kind of uh, exciting for you. And so something about seeing the presentation together yeah. like that through again kind of gets me excited to see it all in one space again. Right. Uh, so I think that that translates in, a, in like a level of honesty that's yeah. really no, I think that's great. Yeah. I think the I do think like the art of pitching something though is almost as important as the product that you're making because oh, yeah. if you can't pitch it, it it's not going to go anywhere. And so we've I've sat in rooms even on the other side of pitches where the idea is actually pretty good, but you get so caught up in oh, like my. them fumbling around or things not really making sense and they're jumping all over the place. And then when they finish, you're just like, ugh, next. And yeah. so I actually think there's some ideas that we've done just from the solar of how well someone pitched it. And so I think that's a skill that you have to reflect fine. And I think you have to find works for you. And so mm. even you saying like, you're probably better off the cuff. That's great. Some people probably need to prep more, but, um, yeah, find what works for you. And as long as you're excited about it, I think they'll see that mm -hmm. and then just put the leg working on the front end. Yeah. That's so good. Colleen, I'm so thankful for, for you and what you guys are doing and you. you are, you are truly impacting the world, impacting the local church. So, so thank you to you and your entire team for, pushing the envelope a little bit and creating and all those meetings. I mean, I think you know this, but I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's the fruit is popping up everywhere. Wow. And, and yeah. we're, um, we're really grateful for you. Uh, I get the last question since this is my podcast. So I get the last <laughs> question, Trace. Um, but Colleen, just bleed for us for a second, your heart. Why do you love the local church? So above yeah. and beyond anything we've said today, right. why, why do you love this thing? The local church is where I fell in love with Jesus. And so I have a very strong connection to it, but I believe it like has and still is God's like plan for, you know, how we're reaching people. Cause I don't think we were ever meant to do this faith walk alone. And I think the local church is one of the absolute best support systems in the way that we can uh, follow after God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love you both. Thanks hey, so much for, thanks so much. Thank you with us today. It's been awesome. Thanks Colin.
Well, I hope you enjoyed our episode today. If this podcast has resonated with you, I want to encourage you to help us out by becoming a podcast ambassador. Hit the subscribe button however you're listening to this today. Uh, consider sharing this with someone in your world. Leave us a rating, a comment. We would count it an honor to have a space in your world every single Thursday. Also head to leadingsecond.com for resources and events and coaching. We're just trying to create as many lanes as possible for all of us to get better and get it right in the second chair. So Leading Second, we love you. We're praying for you. We're building the church alongside you. Until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. For more information, check out leadingsecond.com or join us on the Leading Second Forum on Facebook.